the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now, here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. So there's a sacrificial element to generosity and you cannot and I cannot be generous without sacrificially deciding that what we give will cost us, right? Everything we do in the church, whether it's the the financial support, has to be given sacrificially, all right? You know, know, it kind of eliminates the problem of the tithing, (laughs) you know? Because when you give generously, it's not the amount, it's the sacrifice involved. There's a second uh, truth about this generous heart, and that is it has a desire to serve. Service is desired by a generous heart. Look at verses 3 and 4. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able. Now listen, these Macedonian Christians were going through severe trials, severe persecution. They have extreme poverty. Okay, but that produced in them generosity. I mean, that doesn't equate. Believe me, if you know, it, the math doesn't show up in that one. The, the equation doesn't match up. But nevertheless, it did. And not only that. Look at look at these verses again, three and four. For I testify, Paul says that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. You want to measure if you're really generous, if you're a generous person? There it is. There is a desire to serve God first and then a desire to serve God's church. There's a desire to love God and there's a desire to love His church. Generous people see serving as a privilege, not a burden. Uh, These Christians in Macedonia urgently pleaded to share in serving Christians in Jerusalem. They saw a need and they want to fill it. And again, it is rooted in the poverty of their heart. It's rooted in their humility. Can you imagine somebody pleading saying, please let me help. Please let me give. You know, if, if all of us take on that attitude, pastor, please I plead with you, please let me give. You probably will say, I'm not Macedonian, Pastor. <laughs> but you, 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 can, you can really feel uh, the, the, the love that they have, that their desire to serve in that capacity. That's generosity. Okay? 
The Bible says they gave as much and beyond and entirely on their own. They don't see it as a burden. They saw it as a privilege. Please, pastor, let me sing special number. We have to practice. Please, pastor, let me help with the finances. I don't mean giving. I mean counting the money. I can go on and on. But the Bible says that generosity is not something we are born with. No one is born generous. It has to be cultivated in us by the Spirit of God. It has to be cultivated in us at the new birth. No one's born generous, loved ones. If you doubt that, you know, look at the kids. Look at the babies. All right? They're born selfish. You know, one pastor called them... Uh, uh, vipers on diapers. I thought that was funny. So I stole that. If you leave it up to the kids, they're going to give you and I a primer on selfishness and they're doing it while being cute. All of us were born selfish. So the heart must change, amen? So we can give generously. This happens only if the heart has been transformed and has been humbled by the Spirit of God. Now thirdly, a generous heart is devoted to God, not superficially, but sincerely. Sincere devotion is the fruit of a generous heart. Look at verses 5 to 6. And they exceeded our expectations, Paul writes. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord. Now, I want you to find the chronology here, the sequence, okay? It says, they gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then, by the will of God, they also gave to us. So we urge Titus to complete the collection and that they've started, that, that they've started and completed by giving the, the, the proceeds to the Jerusalem church. So we urge Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. Now, generosity is an act of grace. What did they receive from the Lord? Grace. What did they do? They acted on the grace that they received, and it resulted in generosity. Generosity on their part. No heart will ever be generous unless it is first devoted to Christ. Many do a lot of good things in the name of charity. That's another word for love. In fact, I know people who will not give to church because they rather give to the poor. I've heard Christians say that. I mean, I've been around for a while. You know, Pastor, I don't, I don't give to the church because uh, there's so much need out there by the, with the poor. Notice the sequence on this verse. They gave themselves to the Lord first. They devoted themselves to the Lord. The early church in Jerusalem, the Bible says that they gathered together, they served the Lord first, and then they had fellowship with one another. That's the pattern. That's the sequence of how we give. That's the sequence of generosity, devotion to God first, and then devotion to His people. Okay? After that, go do whatever you want to support. Go do it to the poor. Go do whatever. Call pastor, buy him lunch. Whatever. All right? 
Now, in Matthew 26, verses 7 to 13, Jesus illustrated this. You're familiar with these passages of scriptures. Look at this. Bible says, a woman came to Jesus with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. They got angry. Okay? And listen to what the disciples said. Why this waste? They asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She had done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Truly I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. A generous heart is a heart devoted to Jesus first, then to his church. Are you trying to tell me, Pastor, that those rich people who gave much of their money to different causes, that their generosity don't count? Is that what you're saying? That's not what I'm saying. That's what Jesus is saying. You know, don't point this thing on me. If you're a rich person, you probably won't be a member of Living Rock. Because none of us here are rich, but we are rich spiritually. Amen, amen, amen. All right. Praise God. You know, our riches is in heaven. Please. Spiritual blessings in the heavenly places, Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 2. Okay? So you're all rich, but not the rich that you're thinking about. You're not that, okay? And, uh, and he, here's a different thing here. I mean, you know, Jesus is saying it doesn't count. It doesn't matter how much you give if there's no devotion to me. If it's not given in my name, it doesn't count. But if you do give that much, if you do give from the humility of your heart, listen to this, your giving will be remembered in eternity just like the gift of that woman. That woman gave a generous gift. It's a year's salary. She bought a perfume. She's a woman. I'm not going to spend no year's salary on a perfume, people. I genuinely smell good. (laughs) Thank you very much. I apologize. I don't mean to... To stereotype, you know, the ladies. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I need to apologize. Don't record that. But listen, this woman was generous. Took a year's salary, went to Jesus, and poured it on Jesus. All right? Jesus said she was generous. She spent a lot of her money. She gave it to me. She will be remembered. Every time the gospel is preached, she will be remembered in eternity. That $5 bill that has been floating around in many churches, if you gave it in humility, it will be remembered in eternity. 
I can't help myself. This is so funny. I mean, it's so funny. Right? Because it's not the quantity, it's not the quality, it's the humility. Uh, are you getting this thing? Uh, you know how big of a deal this is? Whatever you give to the Lord generously will be remembered in eternity. You can be a millionaire and donate a school, and that school is good as long as it stands and a hurricane doesn't bring it out. As long as you're alive here on earth, you're going to be honored with that. But you know what? You might not necessarily be honored in heaven because you gave it out of the abundance of your, your resources, not out of the humility of our heart. I like that. I like to be remembered in eternity. What I had done, I'd like to be remembered in eternity. Not because I'm bragging, but because that's the Bible says, you know, that's what you store up as treasures in heaven. You may disagree with me with this theologically. It's okay, all right? Jesus prepared a place for us in heaven, but we get to build the walls, add the windows, add the flooring, add the furniture right here on earth. What does that mean? It means that whatever we do for the honor and glory of the name of Jesus will be remembered in eternity, will be rewarded in eternity. And that's why we're here. A friend of mine, he's one of these hyper-faith, prosperity gospel types. You know, I love him dearly, but he just, we just disagreed on these things. He told me one time that Jesus wants every Christian to be wealthy so that they can use their generosity to solve many of the problems in the world. After all, if Christians are poor, it's the government that will take credit for addressing the issues that plague communities and nations. It should be the Christians Who'll take care of that? The crisis in the communities, the crisis in the world. If all Christians are rich, then they will be the ones solving the problem. That sounds good and it sounds noble. The only problem with that is the Bible doesn't teach it at all. What did Jesus teach? Well, better than that, how does Jesus exemplify that, that wrong thinking in the Bible? Well, in the gospel, there's several stories about Jesus having compassion on the people that are fo- have been following him, okay? He, 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 he told, you know, in one of these episodes, he told, he, he told the crowd of about 5,000 men. This is in the Bible. It's in the gospel. About 5,000 men. And he looked at his disciples and he said, I have compassion on these people. They've been following me for days. And he told his disciples, go Find them food. And Jesus had the crowd, the 5,000 men. Okay, 5,000 men didn't include women and children. Okay? So if you include women and children, there were about close to a million people that Jesus, you know, being followed, uh, Jesus was being followed by. And Jesus says, sit down. And he told his disciples, go get them something to eat. And his disciples said, you know, it'll take uh, a year's salary from all of us to be able to, to have enough money to buy food for everybody. I mean, Jesus knew. Jesus knew all about what they're gonna, their response is going to be. Okay? And, and, and Jesus says, well, go ahead and name it and claim it. Go ahead and think and grow rich so you can buy these people food. Didn't do that. You know what he did? 
He said, give me what you have. And one of his disciples came up with a little boy with five loaves and two fishes. Five loaves and two fishes. Are you, are you seriously? Nearly a million people and that's all they have? But there's a point that Jesus was making. Okay? And we know the rest of the story. Okay? It took a humble means. Five loaves and two fishes. From none other than, you know, than a little boy. For Jesus to multiply that and feed all of those people. The point is God worked with what they have. He worked with what they have. It's not about us being successful, rich, prosperous. No, those are good things. We should pursue them. But in God's economy, those things don't matter. Because the weaker we are, the stronger God becomes. The more we die to ourselves, the more we live. That's Christianity. The, the, the more we, we, we sacrifice, the more we're rewarded. God doesn't need any of that. He needs a generous heart, a humble heart. When the collection is taken, please don't put loaves and fishes in them. I know my congregation. In fact, we haven't seen any kind of fruits in the back there for a while now. All right, what happened? I may be, I may be laughing at that, but that's a wonderful thing that you do. Do you know that? You're bringing stuff to share with people. Okay? The million-dollar tie doesn't hurt either, but, uh, you know, that's, that's a good thing that we do here in our church. I make, no, I make no excuses about it. When we have potluck, you know, bring the food. You, you know, be generous in that way. Feed God's people. After you've been fed with the Word of God, we feed each other and all of that. Don't be ashamed to do that. My pastor, I'm not a good cook. Well, you know, we're not speaking to you. We're speaking... <laughs> It's the quality of our heart for the Lord and His people. Did you know that you just can't love the head? You have to love the body as well. You know, you can't worship Jesus without being in fellowship with your brothers and sisters. You know, we're, we're, we're missing what God is blessing because we look out there in the world and we say, God, what are you blessing out there? What are, you, what are the things that you, you want me to do out there and all of that so that I can... No, 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 no. You need to go back to the Word and figure out what the central commandments that, that God has given His people. There's one, Romans 12. I urge you, therefore, brethren, by in view of God's mercy, to offer yourselves as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God. This is your reasonable act of worship. There's nothing vague about that. God wants our devotion first. Then our commitment to the body of Christ, then we can be generous somewhere else, something else. Paul is in the Bible was making a simple point. Don't let your giving be measured by the amount of the, or the need, but by being humble in serving Jesus first, walking with Jesus first, and then serving Jesus, serving the body of Christ. Fourth and final thing this morning, being generous 
is a spiritual discipline. It's a spiritual discipline, okay? Verse 7 to 9. But since you excel in everything, excel means since you abound in everything, you abound and excelled in faith, you excelled in the way you talk, you excelled in your knowledge of scriptures, and you excelled in, in complete earnestness, and you excelled in love. See to it that you also excel in this grace of giving. So there it is. You know, generosity is not a spiritual gift. It's not just a spiritual gift. Please. I, I, I know that God has placed a burden on some people. That's why they, 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 they give generously. But this is not just a spiritual gift that some Christians have. Generosity is also a spiritual discipline, like praying, like being in fellowship, like reading the Word, like testifying to the goodness of God. This is something that is called upon us to excel in. Excel in. Uh, it's, it's, it's a discipline in a sense that, uh, uh, what makes it a discipline? Well, let's read the rest of the passage. Paul says, I am not commanding you but I want to test your sincerity, the sincerity of your love, by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Now, it's a, it's a spiritual discipline in a sense that uh, it is not commanded for us to practice. We don't have, how many of you need to be told to eat when you're hungry? Oh, you're telling me now, Pastor. How many of us need to be told to drink when we're thirsty? How many of us needed to be commanded, okay, to go to sleep when we're tired? We, we don't do that. Because, you know, it's part of our DNA as human beings. Well, guess what? Your spiritual DNA is the same. It's not different. We are not supposed to be commanded still to pray. We're not supposed to still be commanded to read the Word, right? It's part of our new birth. It's part of who we are now, okay? You don't have to be told to worship God. You know, you don't have to be told to lift up your hands when you're praising God. Some of you, you, you're doing the penguin every on Sunday. This is the penguin right here. You're waving your hand on the side. What's wrong with lifting it up to the Lord? This, what's the problem with that? Sometimes things don't come, at, come, up, uh, uh, come to us naturally and i understand that but you know what if you look at it as a, a commandment then we become legalistic you know why do you have to be told to lift up your hands to the lord the bible already commanded us to do that why do we need to to, to be to be told to do certain things because we haven't looked at this thing as a discipline of who we are as christians it's part of our spiritual life now. We don't have to be commanded by, you know, to give. We don't have to be commanded to be generous. That's why Paul says, I'm not commanding you, but I'm testing the sincerity of your testimony. I'm testing whether you are really practicing your faith as Christians. Jesus revealed himself as a testimony to the generosity of God. Amen? Jesus was the walking testimony that God was a generous God. For God so loved the world that he gave. And boy, did he give his one and only son. That who, 
ever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. You know, the Bible says that God judges the thoughts and intents of the heart. He judges the thoughts and intents of the heart. And if there's no contriteness, if there's no poverty in the heart, I'm closing with this statement right here. Then we're going to pray and then we're done for another Sunday. Every single person in this room, God sees what's inside our hearts. He sees it. And if the poverty of the heart isn't there, okay, if there's no contriteness, if there's nothing broken in the heart in terms of being surrendered to God, what do you think God is seeing there? If there's no humility there, right? What is God seeing? I'm going to tell you what God is seeing. God is seeing the bitterness, the anger, the hatred. God is seeing the envy, the jealousy, the pride. God is seeing the shame. God is seeing all of that garbage in there. The only way that those things will be eliminated in our heart is if we start putting on Jesus. God has to see Jesus in every person's heart. And how does God know that Jesus is in our heart? Humility. It's there. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 10.30 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.